What up? This is Yinka Dez. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got to speak on it for a, a relevant topic, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, both the yeah, film yeah. and the soundtrack. And we did something like this a few years ago, maybe three years ago, when mm-hmm. the Black Panther movie came out. We did yep. the, uh, the Black Panther pregame, right? We talked a little bit about what we wanted from the movie, but we also talked extensively about, you know, what we had heard thus far from from the soundtrack. Because I want to say that soundtrack came out before the movie, correct? Did it? I think it did. Okay, maybe. It had to, because we definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And so, you know, the fact, I, I think what brought this to at least my attention in terms of, or brought this into my thinking in terms of making this, Uh, a podcast for the 80s babies Mm -hmm. is that you know obviously we have a soundtrack for a movie which you and i have talked about several times on this Mm -hmm. on this podcast that yeah that's something that is kind of gone away or went away for like a good 20 years yeah but it started to come back i think the black panther is was like a really really good example Mm -hmm. and i think we said when we did that episode like we hope that there's more of these like we hope this continues so so it is dope that this you know kind of happened again Yes, and they're very careful with the marketing here because mm-hmm. these aren't songs that are really in the movie. It's more inspired right. by right. the movie. Yeah. Um. And if you if you will, uh, to be honest, you could even go back to 2008 when uh, American Gangster came out, mm-hmm. and Jay Z wanted to be in the movie. <laughs> they wanted yeah. to be part of the soundtrack, and they right, mixed right. both of those ideas. And right. he's like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna just come out with my own album because I'm Jay Z." <laughs> Um, nevertheless, that was an album that was inspired by uh, Frank Lucas. Yeah. And so I think that this is an album that they're at least marketing as being inspired by the movie. And I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. sure how accurate that is throughout the totality of the album. But Fair. nevertheless, I still think this is a good topic for us to discuss because, you know, it is a black movie. It's mm-hmm. a black movie that they took serious. Yeah. And it's on one of the bigger platforms at a time when mm-hmm. we're not actually able to go, physically go mm-hmm. to the theater right now. And so I think that this is a good thing to discuss because, you know, we can For go sure. in a lot of different areas here. So yeah. um, let's just start off with the movie first, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you've seen this, correct? I have. All right. Describe, if you will your kind of anticipation of the film, some of the things that you mm. wanted, were you excited for it? Were you kind of meh? Let, uh, yeah. Talk us through that first. Sure. All right. So anticipation or lead up to the movie, I I guess I anticipated it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I wondered what the approach was going to be. Um, right. I think, you know, it's, it's and this is, this is kind of sad, but I'll just say it. Like, you know, we're, we're at a, a, a kind of a meme culture inflection point in history and so the most i heard about this was that daniel kaluuya is from the uk and he's not from america and he's playing fred hampton right so like so the the entire lead up that i heard had nothing to do with the fact that they're making a movie about fred hampton and everything to do with the fact that there's a guy that's not from america that's you know and then it's this whole like well, how do we feel about Africans playing black Americans? And how do we feel about people from the UK playing black Americans? And, you know, so it was about everything but Fred Hampton was 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 my lead up to this movie. Um, and so to, to be honest with you, if I'm really being myself, I was a little turned off because I was like, wow, mm. like 
we're gonna have a movie about you know a black historical panther. revolutionary you know yes. black panther and like nobody's talking about the fact that like this is i mean for all intents and purposes a major motion picture right i mean right now we can't yes. all go to the movie theater so while and it, and it even came out in some some theaters right it had a box mm-hmm. office release and it was released on yeah. it had the a equivalent of these two right and 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 it came right. out on the equivalent of the box office which is you know like this this kind of same time release uh, strategy that they're doing so like this is this is a big deal i mean we as black people complain about our history being rewritten our history yeah. not being accurately you know um reflected or or reflected at all and so now we have an opportunity on the big and small screen for our history to be you know pushed out there by a a, a big you know, um, network. And, and it's like, all we're talking about is like, yo, is this guy is an American? Like, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I, I felt a way to be honest, like my lead up was like, I almost was just like, man, fuck this. Like, like, like why, why, why did we do this? Almost in the same way of the, the, of it's funny that you mentioned the black Panther and we talked about the black Panther and we talked about the, the soundtrack and I feel like we talked around it because we were being a little political, but fuck it. Right. Like, at the time, like there was all this talk about like, oh yeah, you know, there's this there's this black dude, Kendrick Lamar. He's not from Africa. He's making an album and it's it's about Black Panther and Black Panther's supposed to be set in Africa, but like there's these American people and they're making they're making this this movie about Africa, but it's like not really Africa because it's this place called Wakanda and it's not really in Africa. And there was all this other shit around Black Panther before Black Panther really dropped. And I think and I'm sorry, you know, I, I've been drinking. My man, my man, Outlaw's drinking. Like, oh, yes. let's just. I'm let's currently just, drinking. Let's just you keep it a thou, the, the, bro. The ice clink clink against <laughs> right. the glass. <laughs> Fuck bad boy. It's <laughs> a stab. Late, no, I'm just playing. No, but, but, you know, if I'm really being honest, like, you know, when, when, when we talked about the Black Panther, you know, soundtrack and the Black Panther movie, I think we, we kind of delicately tap danced around a lot of the political things that occurred you know in in the wake and prior to uh that that movie and soundtrack which was you know the the individuals putting it together not being from africa the 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 movie being about a place that's in africa when there's people that really live in africa being made by people that are not from africa and and all this other stuff and in this case it's you know the 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 big headline prior to this dropping is that the 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 lead or and he's not even really the lead but you know fred hampton is being played by somebody that's not black american and the political implications of what that means and so i was very turned off by that and that was my lead into this movie and that's why i was not anticipating this movie when it came out how about you interesting so i was very excited about the movie which i'll get into but before that i think it's you you raise a good point because Mm -hmm. first of all that conversation, mm-hmm. while very relevant, I wasn't privy to at all. So okay. for whatever reason, I just it didn't come across my wavelength. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that you bring it up because I think it's I think it's definitely there. And and, yeah. and I'm of two minds about it. Okay. On the one hand, I think that it is a conver- I think it's a relevant relevant conversation. I think it's a conversation that is, you know, is, is justified in taking place. But at mm-hmm. the I it also kind of feels like right now we live in a day and age where anything that kind of touches on something that's supposed to be real 
somebody who thinks they represent that real mm-hmm. needs to come forth and tell us in why advance why it sucks and why we shouldn't watch it. <laughs> right, right. Or why we shouldn't try to appreciate it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And it doesn't matter, even if that thing is perfect, mm-hmm. somebody is going to find something to criticize. Right, right. Right? And that's not to say that that's not what happens here. Mm-hmm. Because for, for, for real, Daniel Kaluuya, or is that how you say his name? Daniel yeah, Kaluuya? Kaluuya, yeah. Kaluuya? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is not a, he's not American. But like, mm-hmm. does it really matter? You know, yeah. and here's here's the thing. It mm-hmm. is a legitimate question to ask, yeah. like, well, does it matter? But yeah. then you also have to really think from an artistic standpoint or even from, like, what you're trying to get from the movie from an historical perspective. Like, mm-hmm. does it matter? I, I think I'm of two minds in, in, in this particular case, right? Because and, – and I'm now throwing, you know, the the argument – back on on the people that threw the argument right but like right i feel like a lot of times we as okay i'm i'm west african um you know people who are west indian like etc we complain a lot when a a good example is concussion i didn't watch that movie but you know people complained right like they said they said okay why is will smith playing a nigerian guy right and yeah. trying to do his accent when you could literally yeah. just cast a nigerian guy like that's the most populous african nation they there's should, a lot of fucking nigerians they could have cast chiwetel you you could there's there's mad people you could have cast right so it's yeah. like you know like, like Hanzao, people, even though he's not nigerian but he's close he's yo, he would have he would have been at least he's from the continent right like yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's plenty of people and that he's they from that cast. region he's he's a, a bordering nation yeah right but but you know instead like they're just like oh he's black like we're just gonna get him to imitate the 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 you know right. the accent so like from that perspective i understand why black people are like there's plenty of black people that you could have got to play Fred Hampton. Why would you not just get a black American person to play this black American hero? I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah. then at the same time, like, I, I, I felt like the reason I was turned off was like, we didn't even give Daniel Kaluuya a chance. Like, well, like that, that, I, I heard all those criticisms before I ever wa- watched the movie. And it was like, Yo, yeah. let me just watch him. Like, let me see how he did, you know? But I don't know. So yeah. I guess I'm of two minds. No, it, I feel you. Um... Yeah, it's hard for me to really talk on that just because, like I said, I wasn't privy. I That was not the criticism I heard about okay. this movie leading up to it. The cr- potential criticism I heard mm-hmm. were from black Americans who care about this shit. Who, okay. They don't care that Daniel Kaluuya is not American. They they don't give a shit. Okay, good. They care about how is Fred Hampton, Chairman Fred Hampton, represented. Right. Right. right? And so they, from my understanding, they we're kind of uh, approaching this with trepidation um it looked but exciting what, like, but they wanted to make sure could they wanted to make, okay, sure, make sure that he was represented fairly okay got it right mm-hmm. um now for me personally i was really excited about it because it looked to me for two reasons one it looked like they were taking the the subject matter seriously. Yes, right. Yes. You Agreed. could tell from the cinematography in the trailer, mm-hmm. the actors that they chose, um, the movie, like the way they package everything. It's like, all right, you could tell that they're going to take this movie seriously. Fact. And I had a feeling that they weren't going to hold any punches when it came to the depictions of the FBI in particular. Mm-hmm. Right? They weren't going to hold any punches. And I feel like the movie, sh- 
from what I saw, showed that they didn't hold any punches. Facts. But the other the other aspect of that as well is that, at least from the first trailer I saw, mm-hmm. it looked like Bill O'Neill or William Bill O'Neill, who is mm-hmm. um, played by Lakeith Stanfield, right, um, was going to be the main protagonist. Right. And some people kind of were critical of this. They mm-hmm. felt that Fran Hampton should have been the protagonist, and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. For me, from an artistic point of view someone who who likes film mm-hmm. fred hampton from my understanding is a character who's not really going to experience a positive arc meaning mm-hmm. that he's not the character that really needs to learn something and grow okay right his trajectory is going to be more of a flat arc meaning okay. that he is already in the place he's where the he shit needs from to the be. beginning exactly and, and it's he's a going short to time frame Right. right. And he's going to affect the world around him. So okay. from that perspective, okay. while you can have a very compelling story if he's mm-hmm. the main character, for me, from an artistic point of view, yeah. I can also see the justification for making that like, no, let's make the villain, if you will, the protagonist. Right, right. Yep. And let's see how his arc goes. And from yep. an artistic point of view, I'm like, yo, I, I, I kind of fucks with that. Now, I agree. Did that necessarily portray throughout the movie? I'm not sure. That's kind of my critique of the movie. But nevertheless, I was kind of excited to see that premise. Mm -hmm. Would it have been an historical representation? I don't know. But from an artistic lens, like, I was like, all right, like, this is cool. Like, so I'm looking forward to this movie. So, you know, it comes out and I see it like, like the day it comes out. Like, it's on HBO Max. It's like, boom, like, you know, I I got, I I got my girl. I'm like, yo, we're going to watch this movie. And she's like, all right, cool. So we watching this movie. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like, I was very, very excited to see this movie come out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's just kind of kind of kind of my thoughts. So before um, before you give us how you felt about it, uh critical reception, uh, you know, did you see you know what, what folks were saying? So generally speaking, I think the reception is it was good, mm-hmm. it wasn't great. Okay. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Um, you know. We respect that it was made. I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. I'll watch it again. It's a good movie. It's not a failed attempt mm-hmm. like some other movies that probably got more recognition, which I'll discuss later. Okay. Um, but it was a good movie. It wasn't great. I I think that's kind of the reception that I got from it. And this is both from my this this is from myself. This is from people who just kind of just want to watch a black movie and this is also from people who care about the historical depiction from uh or rather of fred hampton now i will say that i've also been privy to people who kind of know fred hampton's family intimately okay and apparently um his family was not contacted at all during the production of this movie which i am I take Wait, issue with like not even his wife and his son who are in the apparently movie. Not. Apparently not. Oh, apparently wow. not. Now I am hearing this actually from an individual. I'm not reading this. This okay. is from somebody who knows the family. Okay. Right. And supposedly um, one of his uh, cousins, I think, or like a, yeah, like the, like the descendant of like, you know, yeah. Cousin of of his, Okay. was very um they they took issue with how fred hampton was portrayed mm-hmm. and they really took issue with the fact that they were not contacted as a family for this movie very similarly to where uh the green book which mm-hmm. is a movie that i felt took um 
unfair criticism, especially from people who didn't even watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, and called it a white savior movie, which I can kind of yeah, see, but it, it really, really wasn't, in my opinion. Mm. Like it, it was, but it wasn't. I didn't right? see the movie. Never the, nevertheless, though, nevertheless, um, the main character, I actually forget his name, but the guy who uh, Mahershala Ali I thought it was Mahershala, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you mean he's the, not the actually the main guy. character. Yeah, but, but you mean the guy like he's that, playing? Yes. The okay. family was not contacted uh, for the movie, which okay. I take issue with. I, I think you should contact out of respect. Mm-hmm. And apparently mm-hmm. Fred Hampton's family was not contacted during the making of this movie, which is, which is something that I take issue with. So that's definitely yeah. like a criticism that I'm going to have right off the bat. Fair. What's kind of uh, your critical reception or, or what you've taken from this? Uh, so I can't entirely speak about the critics themselves. Like I'm, I'm looking at the wiki page and they said one of the best films of the year. Now, sure. Which doesn't say much. I, I, I was going to say that. Like it's a pandemic. Um, yes. I, I don't know how many films I've, I've seen this year. It's February 12th uh, yeah. was when it came out. <laughs> Um, in a year where we can't go outside. So I, I don't know right. that that means much. But um, I would say, first of all, ambitious um, ambitious movie to take on just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, similar to what you said, that, um, that it's obvious that they took it seriously, one. Yes. Two, I, I like that they, made, that they made this movie. I Three, do as well. I like the lens that they took as you said with them you know giving it to us from lakeith uh stanfield who's who's uh, you know character is william o'neill's perspective um i agree with you that like i don't know that had they given it to us from fred hampton's perspective they could have given us anything else yeah um and so i i I really really like that they took that angle but to now speak critically I feel like my my criticism is that his character felt very hollow to me. This is Bill O'Neill on Lucky no, Stanfield. No, uh, this is Fred, is Fred Hampton. Okay. Um, and I think I think when you to me, and again, you you I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say my thoughts because I I am a, a less mature film critic than you are right like you you know way more about film than i do so all all i can all i can do is is say it from the perspective of a a fan somebody who just likes Mm -hmm. to watch shit and can say i like this or i don't like shit let me just say real quick that's relevant right yeah just real quick as a person who appreciates or as a cinephile as you will i personally think that the most genius movies are the ones that actually have a lot of fans yeah. who continue to go back and watch these movies right. and they 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 mature well throughout the ages right for reasons that fans can't even really can't, articulate right okay but like though that's real genius like there's a reason yeah. why these films are really popular so i think right. that that's that's very relevant okay. if it is just like a layman's perspective it's yeah. it's more than relevant so go ahead well i'm going to preface mine by saying that it's a, it's a layperson's perspective i don't i don't I, I'm not I don't claim to be any type of a, a film expert at all. But like, you know, my my issue is, you know, when you tackle somebody like a Fred Hampton, right? Somebody who is a historical figure, who people have, you know, emotion around, who there is a lot of documented history around, um, you know, et cetera. They they're 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 that. Um, if you're gonna make a movie about that person, you need to tell us something unique that we don't all already know about the person. 
Right. Um, or you need to like give us some sort of a twist on like what we know where it's depicted in such a way that it somehow engages us. Right. Right. So, so I think the twist was, we're not going to give it to you from his perspective. We're going to give it to you from William O'Neill's perspective. Great. Right. Love it. However, I still found his particular character very, very hollow. Yes. And there were specific moments that showed me how hollow I felt, I felt he was. There were two specific moments that I remember. And the one, the one that really, really like pops out and resonates to me. I remember I'm watching the movie and I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of like, eh, I, I want to, I want to care more about his story and I want to feel more engaged. There's a moment where he's talking to his baby mom, love interest. I don't, I don't know if they got sure. married. Yeah. That's fine. And, and, sh- and he says to her, he tells De- her. Deborah Johnson. Right. And he, and he tells her the story about his mother babysitting Emmett Till. Right. And so like there's this whole, you know, moment and it's almost glossed over. It's like, it's yeah. like a two minute moment, but it's like a shining moment where he says, you know, my mother was a babysitter for Emmett Till. Uh, which, you know, I mean, I, I hope most folks who, you know, are listening to the podcast know the story of Emmett Till. If you don't, please, you know, pause this, go look up Emmett Till, you know, look at the picture, like, <laughs> like understand that story. That story is very, very relevant yeah. in I'm, Black American I'm, history. I'm laughing because I recently had a, I recently had a little sit down with a Black person who mm. was not educated on Emmett Till. And I was wow. like, wait, what? Wow. And so the go fact ahead. that you say... The fact that you're saying that, like, if you haven't been educated on this person, yeah. like, normally I would be like very dismissive of that. Say like, oh, yeah. everybody knows Emmett Till. Apparently not. So Dude, yes, listen uh, to Yinka. And that's one of the reasons why this movie is so important, right? Like, a lot yeah. of Black American history has been swept under the rug, and there's there's yeah. so many like really really important things that we that you would think all of us know that we, that a lot of us just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because a lot of American history is just ugly. And, you yeah. know, I think honestly, and this is this is a tangent and I'll try not to, to go down the rabbit hole, but like, let's go. Let's I feel go. like we, we, you know, we talk a lot about like pe- people will talk about like social media and like how like, you know, you, you look on somebody's social media and it's just like these amazing moments and they don't talk about their sad moments. And right, now right, I, right, I'm starting right. to feel like our history books are that too. Like America doesn't yeah. want to talk about what american history really is so instead we talk about i cannot tell a lie fucking george washington and you know how the 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 authors of the constitution and the the highlight moments and we don't talk about the fucking ugly shit that that has happened in american history history has been written by the victors man yeah and the victors love glorifying themselves facts but yeah, Emmett Till is to me one of the ugliest stories you know and i mean and there's a lot of fucking ugly stories in american history uh, but this is one of the ugliest because it's a child, and you know, he talks. He talks about how his his mother, you know, was a babysitter of Emmett Till, mm-hmm. and you know, he he even goes to the detail of talking about how um, he and his mother did not go to Emmett Till's funeral because his mother did right. not want to see Emmett Till's body in this, right. you know, this shape, and. Um, he talks about how like that's the the moment that kind of put him in the movement where he's like, yo, I need to help organize people and make some sort of a change in society because of that moment. I don't know if that's a true story. Yeah. I, I, ho- I hope it is. I mean, I don't know that I hope it is, but if it is a true story, like that is something that is unique 
that I didn't know about Fred Hampton, that I don't think most people knew about Fred Hampton, that uniquely tells me something about a, a, a public figure, a historical figure that I can go Google that tells me something about him as a man. Yeah. And I feel like that type of insight is what I hoped to gain from this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, don't, I don't necessarily feel like I, get, I gained it. It was that moment. And then the other moment, and it's really sad that I say this, but it is what it is. The other moment that I was like, wow, light bulb. The end. Cops kill him. Sorry. Spoiler alert. And then they show the text on the screen. And it says, Fred Hampton dies. He was 21. I'm like, this motherfucker was 21? Yeah. The whole movie, like I, I yeah. had no idea he was that young, and oh, like, young, yeah. and it's wild because, like, I mean, again, I, I know about Fred Hampton, I know about the general history, but like, they didn't double click and really drive home the fact that this man was a child leading yes. men the yes. entire movie, and I, and yeah, that's and why, like, that's why Chairman uh, Hampton, Chairman Fred, is so respected. Yo, bro, like that's crazy, young, yo. and and yeah. so like. Those those two pieces of information told me something about him that I didn't I didn't necessarily come into the film knowing and understanding. Yeah. And and those were the types of insights that I would have wanted to feel like I got some sort of a three-dimensional picture that was insightful about the person that the movie was about. And yeah. I and I don't think I really got that from from Fred Hampton or his wife. And then at the very end, I'm sorry, one more thing. Then at the very end, when they showed that he was 21, then they also said his wife went on to like do all, she was his speechwriter. She went on to do all this amazing shit. Her son is the leader of the movement now. I'm like, why is this text? Like, this is the type of stuff that I would have wanted to know and get from this film. So, all right. Well, I think the, not to diminish Deborah Johnson and her son, Mm-hmm. But I think that if you start to really expand yeah, on their yeah, characters, yeah. I mean, you're going to yeah. get a really long film. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fair. It is a film. That's fair. So let me just say that this is a movie that I liked, yeah. that I enjoyed, but was also disappointed in mm-hmm. because I felt that from an artistic point of view, they kind of failed in some regards. And I think that what this mm-hmm. movie suffers from more than anything else is it suffers from a young director and a young writer one of those writers who fuck it i'm just gonna say it he's white uh will burson is a white dude who he's got writing credits for a tv series called the mighty b the buzz on maggie run of the house and scrubs okay and then he's got a writing credit on judas and the black messiah Okay. And no disrespect to these other programs, which the last one came out, I want to say, in fucking 2008, right? But that's a big fucking jump. That is a huge gap. From making those, from, from, from writing on these, you know, uh, this material to Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Then you have Shaka King, right? And I think that Shaka King, I think, is Ryan Coogler's man. So Ryan Coogler is one mm. of the producers of this movie, right? So yeah, we know Ryan Coogler from, yeah. you know, writer Black and Panther. director of Fruitvale Station, yep. Black Panther. Like, yeah. Ryan Coogler is like our guy, right? Yes, we love him. Um, I love him. Right. So then Shaka King, he's got writing credits and director credits on, uh, let us see here. We've got... 
high maintenance I've heard about. I know. The rest of these, I haven't really heard about it. So we've got Big Merck is in the building, Herkimore, Dufresne, 7th grade, Guidance Counselor, Newlyweeds, Mulligans, Lazarism, no. Random Acts. Oh, Random Acts of fly, Flyness. I've heard of that. I haven't that heard anything dope. good about it, but oh. I, I've heard about it. Right? Like, he doesn't have much here. Mm. And so... On one hand, I feel like, you know, it's good to give a young screenwriter and director an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, too, this is a very important subject matter. And their lack of experience shows. Now, you can make Mm. the same argument for Ryan Coogler and what he did. But nevertheless, I thought that he kind of hit it out of the park with Fruitvale Station. Yeah, no, he he knocked it out of the park. Exactly. So he so proved, he has a demonstrated right track yes, record that he exactly. can be successful. And, I, and my criticisms of this movie, which I think mm-hmm. are more than fair, is is that they try to do too many things, and the pacing of the movie really suffers. So, mm-hmm. for example, right, like they didn't commit to one specific idea. So, if you wanted to wanted to commit to the idea that Fred Hampton is our our um, flat art character, mm-hmm. and uh, Bill O'Neill is our protagonist, and so we're gonna, really going to journey through this character. Then you can't have Bill O'Neill getting arrested. Then all of a sudden he's at a Panther meeting. Then all of a sudden <laughs> he's a fucking top lieutenant. Wait, right. what? Right. And all right. the wow. And while that happens, you never see him interact with Fred Hampton. Right. It's like no, like if you really want to go yeah. with that dynamic, which I think yeah. you could have done, yeah. then you need more one-on-one moments Agreed. between Agreed. the two of them. And yep. even if they're fucking fabricated, yep. I don't care because you're, you're already fabricating enough of the story just by yeah. default. Just Show by me the moment that made, him, that made him say, I'm indebted to this person and will put my life in this person's hands. Right. Because all you really see from Bill O'Neill is that mm-hmm. he's an actor, yep. which maybe that's fair, but at the same time, like when you're talking about film as art, I always feel like you need to learn something. Like that's one of the mm. reasons why, just quick tangent here, that's one of my criticisms of of what we'll call reality TV. Mm-hmm. Right? In the sense of like once you watch one season of a show, any fucking reality TV show, you pretty much picked up anything, uh, you pretty much picked up all you're gonna learn from it. That's and that's fair. that's pretty much every single show, whether it be Survivor, um, The Bachelor. Uh, fucking um, Real Housewives, uh, you know, Love and Hip Hop, any of these things. Like you watch one season, one, one season, and that's all you really need to watch. Everything else is just like, well, it's just going to default to drama, yeah, right? Rinse and and so, right, and so from that perspective, like that's why that those programs are like a waste of time to me because it's like I'm not going to learn anything, mm-hmm. and so it's like okay, fine, like for this film. I want to kind of learn something. And where you learn something mm-hmm. is in like these dramatic sequences between, mm-hmm. or g- these dramatic scenes with the artist mm-hmm. or with the characters in play. Mm-hmm. And I think that they don't do enough of that because what they ultimately try to do was I think that they try to hit every single plot point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't really do both. Like, and I'm, I'm for sacrificing some of the plot points if you can really, really hit home on that character development. And I think yeah. they miss that. And for mm. me, that's one of the disappointing things. Okay. Like, cause because cause to be honest, like the only character who I really, really thought like was amazing was mm. the fucking FBI um um uh, his handler. Dude. Yeah. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. You know, because because for with him, 
He was right? You see, you see the manipulation yeah. with Bill O'Neill, but then you also have to see how this character, this white FBI agent, right. is is fudging the law to a degree in which he finds acceptable. And then to see him interact with J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover, Martin Sheen's yeah. character, and be like, well, we're going to arrest him. He's going to jail. It's like, oh, that's not enough. But like, why are we doing this? Right? Yeah. Like, that's a legitimate question. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, is like my criticism is that like the most powerful like character moment shouldn't be from that fucking character. That's true. Right? It should be from either Fred Hampton or Bill O'Neill or someone else, you know, affiliated with that group. And it's just like, for example, so Algie Smith plays Jake Winters, right? And he was somebody who, like his friend, his friend approaches some police officers in like some like restaurant, some corner bodega, whatever, mm-hmm. pulls the gun out, gets shot, right, goes right. to the hospital, right? Jake, uh, Jake Winters goes to visit him. Then all of a sudden they transfer him. He ends up dead. Mm-hmm. Then he goes rogue. And then he ends up dead. And it's just like, this is an underdeveloped character, yet you're highlighting this to kind of like hit on the plot points. Yeah. And it's yeah, kind of like, yeah. I, un- I right. understand. I don't why care you enough it. about exactly. this, this character to like exactly. follow you on this. I agree. I felt that right. way too. And the thing is, is like, for me, all of this is down to an, an, uh, a young novice screenwriter and a young novice director, mm-hmm. not necessarily understanding how to tie the bigger picture for all of us. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think they yeah. did this so that they wouldn't leave anything out. But I'm mm. like, fuck mm. it. Leave it out if 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 at the end of this movie mm-hmm. I'm watching this and like and I'm in tears. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, you know, just like wow, like amazed. And at the result of that, or as a result of that, like you left some things out, fine. Mm-hmm. But like I, I wasn't crying at the end of this. I was crying when I watched Fruitvale Station. I cried. Yeah, that that you know was I mean? definitely worth worth a tear for sure. Right, that and was like I didn't have any of those emotions watching this movie, and I mm. should have. You yeah. know, I cried during fucking Black Panther, and maybe yeah. you, y'all can laugh at that and criticize, but like you know, the moments where the the uncle is talking with um, Killmonger mm-hmm. and the afterlife, whatever. Like you, know, I had tears running down my face because like I understood what that meant, like. Mm. When he says like you'll you'll be criticized, they'll say that you're lost. Like mm. I literally felt that, and I and I was I had tears running down my face. Mm. Whatever, laugh at that if you want to, but like that shit was real. I had mm. no moments like that watching this film, and mm. I should have. And Man. that is my main critique. I agree. I agree. And and the other thing that I'll say, and again, novice, you know, novice, uh, uh, you know, perspective, but. I felt like the most captivating scenes of the film occurred in Bill O'Neill's car, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and yeah. and that's you know that's no diss. Like the the car chase scenes and stuff like that were cool. Like you know, and that was a really cool camera angle. But I just I just feel like you know from a cinematography perspective, I feel like they could have made more things more gripping. And yeah. like one of the great great examples and probably the best example, right, is the shootout between the police and the Black yeah. Panthers when 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 he was in jail. Right. Like I, I kind of didn't care that much. Exactly. And, like, and that should have been a scene where like I was gripped. I mean, there was a woman engaged in a shootout with police. Yes. Like like yeah. I, like that should have been gripping. And right. and I didn't feel gripped by it personally. 
If you didn't feel gripped, it's because the filmmakers did not do a good enough job making the audience empathize with the characters. Because mm. whether whether you, you like the character or not, you need to be able to empathize with this character. And yeah. all that does is make you invested mm. in what happens to them. Yeah. And if you're not invested, it's because they didn't do enough beforehand to make you okay. invested in that character. Yeah, I agree. And so it was like that particular scene, for example, right? You know, because I think I think we're in agreement that that scene should have been gripping. That scene, the the only character that we were invested in was Bill O'Neill, and right. Bill O'Neill left yeah, when, the, when the shootout happened, he and he and he bounces. So so now we're not invested in the scene anymore because yeah. the only guy we care about isn't there anymore. Yeah. So I mean, it, I don't know. I, yeah. And I, and look, I, I understand some people who might listen to this and say, well, they, they wanted to keep it historically accurate. And, and that might be fair, but you also, you also have to understand that when it comes to film, there's, there's always going to be things that are not historically accurate. And in yes. my opinion, like, so long as you respect the history, if you embellish things or kind of, you know, shade things a little bit to make me care more as, as a person who appreciates art, I'm always going to favor that. And that brings me to my next point about, you know, perhaps with the, with the, with the family of Fred Hampton, um, what their criticism of the film might've been. And, and I don't know, I'm not privy to it, but I'm really curious what it would have been because in my opinion, I don't think that Fred Hampton came off looking bad at all. I thought he came no. off looking like a champion. I thought he came off looking great. So if they have criticisms, I'd be very interested, very curious to know what those criticisms are. And anybody who knows Fred Hampton better than I do, I'd be curious what your criticisms are as well, because I thought he came off looking great. Now, now did he, you know, again, from an artistic point of view, Mm. my same artistic criticisms are there. Nevertheless, Mm. I was still like captivated by everything he had to say on screen because I was like, yo, this dude is like an amazing orator. So let me let me give my, you know, again, un, you know, untrained perspective on on the Fred Hampton portrayal. Um, I think that to some degree, Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton sucked all of the energy out of that character. Interesting. Um, and and you know, I, but to to. To make my point further, I'll give you a great counterexample. And you've already given this example. Um, Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. So when I went to watch Fruitvale Station, you know, I, I, I loosely had followed the, the, the story, you know, of, of, of you know, what Oscar happened at Fruitvale Grant. Station of Oscar Grant, right? Yeah. But, you know, but, but you know, I, I, I didn't know all the details. Um, Michael B. Jordan was an untested and unknown actor. He fucking... Wallace. Yo, I'm he right was here. Wallace, but come on, He wasn't a lead, though. He was Wallace. You know, he was, and he was much skinnier Poop. as Wallace. Bodie, don't way. shoot me, Poop. Don't shoot me, Bodie. I'm your boy, man. <laughs> yeah, yo, but, uh, yo, how to get the whole bone out of the nugget? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just quoting The Wire. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. If y'all haven't seen The Wire, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan's previous acting credit was he was a character in The Wire, not a lead. But he was a right. character in the wire. Yeah. Um, but you know, he hadn't he hadn't played a lead yet. He was kind of an untested, you know, kind of lead. And he came and he just fucking batted that shit out of the out of the water. And I feel like part of the appeal 
was that I didn't I didn't know who Michael B. Jordan was. So I I, I didn't attribute anything to him. Like I like I wasn't watching him and going, that's Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um and I think unfortunately Daniel Kaluuya is having his moment in the sun. Yeah. And so, you know, at the end of the day, like like Daniel Kaluuya is all these things to us. I mean, to me, he's still get out. But he's mm-hmm. but he's also, you know, he's also Black Panther. He's also all these other things. And so I, I ascribe certain things to Daniel Kaluuya. One of those things is a guy with a British accent. Okay. And so as a result of that, the affect that he's trying to put on when it comes to the specific, you know, P's that, that are alliterated by, by Fred Hampton and et cetera, when he talks, I, I, I find myself a little bit distracted by that. And then additionally, the, the magic of this young 20 year old guy from chicago i i I lose it somewhere yeah and and like and i think had you given me an actor that i daniel kaluuya is what like 32 33 yeah there's that too right and i'm not even talking about his age right no he's he's 31 but it matters though like seeing a 31 30 year old man on screen versus seeing a 20 year old man on screen like there's a noticeable a notable difference but I think even if you had given me a 30-year-old that I didn't know who was making yeah. their bones as the way Michael B. Jordan was making his bones when he was when he was doing Fruitvale Station, like where it's like, this is my moment. Like, like I didn't feel a this is my moment. And and I needed to feel that to to for for the impact of what Fred Hampton was to be conveyed through this character. And I just feel like I didn't get that from that performance, personally. I think that's I think that's fair, um, and I think that it just further goes to emphasize the point that this movie really needed a more seasoned director, mm. because I would make the argument that Michael B. Jordan is not a great actor. He's not bad, but he's he's got very limited very limited range. But yet, what he was he did amazing in, in Fruitvale? Yes. Okay. Which is which is a bigger testament. To Ryan Coogler, okay, fair. That it is to Michael B. Jordan because everything he's done since then is kind of like him, Michael B. Jordan. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not great in Creed. He's fine. But he's not great. He's I, not great as I, Killmonger. He's fine. But like, I hear a lot great. of I hear a lot of Michael B. Jordan criticism. I don't exactly feel as critical about Michael B. Jordan, but I will say, I I give his Fruitvale Station um, yes. performance. It, it, it's a differentiated. It's separate but from the I rest think of his that career. Has everything to do with Ryan Coogler. That's fair. And Maybe. I think that had you had a more seasoned director at the helm of this movie, you would have seen something different. Yeah. So, anyway, nevertheless, look, I did like the movie. I just and and, and I think it's good in the same way that like. You know the the forty two movie about Jackie Robinson is good. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it's it's fine, it's good, but it's not mm-hmm. amazing. I wanted to really, you know, I wanted to cry, if you will. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I'll, real talk, I cried during movies. Like I cried during like romantic cr- comedies. Like I am mm-hmm. not, I am not like, you know, embarrassed to to state this fact at all. Like it's the mm-hmm. truth. Like I get really in my feelings when a movie gets in my feelings and mm-hmm. this movie did not get in my feelings and i feel like given the subject matter yeah and given how passionate i am about some of the subject matter and mm-hmm. and and how passionate i've been on the podcast in the, in, in the past you know i feel like this is something that should have evoked more emotion from me and it did not and so yeah. it's disappointing 
Did I hate the movie? No. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad they took the subject matter seriously. I'm glad that they did not, you know, that they painted the FBI the way that they did. Very mm. much unlike uh, Black Klansman, right? Mm, and that was my, that. that was the only thing I was nervous about going into this movie. I did not want another Black Klansman. Mm. I know that Spike Lee got uh, his award for Best Director at mm. the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think he's deserved it in the past, but not for that movie. Okay. I thought that movie, while entertaining, was fucking trash. It is historically inaccurate. None of that shit happened. Yes, there was a Black police officer who was, who was undercover with the KKK in a similar fashion. That's about the extent of how that movie is accurate the rest of it is complete bollocks and it is it is a police friendly movie right the oh. police come off looking like good guys in that movie mm. despite the fact that it shows clips real live today modern clips of like black lives matter protests that are very much anti-police if you will that is a very pro-police of a police friendly movie mm. so you know, oh. Judas and the Black Messiah is not that. <laughs> Definitely Thank not. Thank God. Thank yeah. God it's not that. So mm-hmm. anyway, do you have any more thoughts about the movie before we uh before we get into the, the soundtrack? The not really. Soundtrack? I think I think people should go see it though. Like yeah, I mean it ain't it. even a go, right? Like if you got HBO Max, watch this shit. Um watch and, it for sure. And I think, you know, we need to we need to do a better job in our community of communicating the history, the accurate history of what happened in our community and our, and, mm-hmm. and and what happened among us. So so the fact that this attempts to, you know, portray uh, uh, actual historical events is important. Yeah. Agreed. So Let's get into the uh, soundtrack. And I don't think either one of us has gotten the chance to really sit with this the way we did, perhaps, with Black Panther. Right. Um, but nevertheless, it came out. It's on Spotify. It's on yeah. your streaming channels. What did you, uh, you think of this? I think it was good, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if I had to rank it with Black Panther soundtrack, I would say Black Panther soundtrack was better and more focused. Okay. Um. But but I, but I, the highs are really high. Like I like there's like yeah. a few tracks on here that I really really like. Yeah. yeah. So let's get what into. Well, all right. So I don't know about the critical reception of this. Mm-hmm. I I don't really I don't I haven't seen the critical critical reception online. I haven't really spoken to many folks about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's several reasons for that. I think one of the reasons has to do with the fact that like, look, we're all in the house right now. Yeah. Um, Black Panther, when that came out, we were all going to see that. That was an That's event. True. That's I think true. Judas and the Black Messiah is something that that would have been an event we would have mm-hmm. gone to see. Mm-hmm. We would have listened to the soundtrack. We would have known we're listening to the soundtrack. Now we don't really know we're doing that. So so I don't really know what that's about that's um nevertheless, I agree with you that Black Panther is a more focused effort mm-hmm. um but between the two of these albums, I'll take this one because oh, there's wow. no. Okay. There's no song on Black Panther that I need more than I need a few songs on this soundtrack. And I okay. know that there's some recency bias in there, but no, no. When it comes to songs, when it comes to me picking songs that I really, really like, mm-hmm. I do a pretty good job of that. And there's two songs in particular on this album that I really, really like. So we'll get okay. into that. So let's just go with highlights and lowlights. And we might as well start off with the highlights. Why not? Okay. So what are your overarching highlights about this inspired soundtrack? I mean, I don't know that I have overarching highlights to a, a okay. spot a spot soundtrack. Uh, you know what I mean, I, I think, you know, that generally it was well done, I guess. I don't know. What's, so, the, what's your overarching highlight? 
I will say that one of my overarching highlights is the fact that there's no Kendrick Lamar on this, <laughs> right? And and I mean that with all due respect to Kendrick Lamar, because in the past, <sighs> particular no 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 no, hear me out. In the past, okay. when we talked about D Smoke last year, mm-hmm. you talked about how Kendrick Lamar kind of dominates this space to the point where he almost suffocates it and he makes it like impossible for anybody else to exist within this kind of space okay i see what you're saying and the fact that he's not there Mm -hmm. i feel like allows other artists to kind of kind of you know see if they want to get into that space and maybe they can contribute as well and Mm -hmm. i feel like if kendrick lamar was on this it kind of would have you know stolen the shine from anybody else you know and it's not that you know i it's not that i would not have wanted him on this because the fact that he's not on this is is also an overarching low light Mm -hmm. but i think the fact that he is he isn't on here allows us to hear from other artists who you would ordinarily like expect kendrick lamar to just like dominate and like succeed you know what i'm saying like it, it gives other artists a chance. And I, for example, we, you know, we could talk about, you know, her has a really good performance on this. You know, her might be, you know, the best contribution to this album. And if Kendrick Lamar is on this, instead of talking about her, we might be talking about Kendrick Lamar, right? So anyway, so that, that to me is an overarching highlight. Um, the other overarching highlight is uh, Hit Boy. Yeah, that's your boy. He he he's featured on he's the producer for several tracks. He's also the vocalist on the track. Yeah. But I think that the amount of hip boy contributions we have gives us kind of like a cohesive feel. Mm-hmm. It's not the same kind of TDE inspired feel that we have from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But I think it's enough that it feels like okay, all of these songs kind of I can understand how in 2021 they'd all be on the same album. Yeah. Um it's 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 enough there. So yeah, so Hip Boy is a is a is a highlight. Dope. Um overarching or should we just get into I guess yeah, track for so, track highlights. So can I can I give a mud light? Uh sure. Uh Hit Boy is a mud light for me. Um okay. and, and it's funny because my boy Lee, shout out to Lee, uh Quiz, he hit me and you know, he said, Yo, I know Hit Boy's your man. <laughs> but like he has some really mediocre beats right now. Really? Okay. And my my response to him was, I really feel like Hit Boy is doing what we all should have done, which is, I feel like right now, Hit Boy is releasing, a lot of the shit that he's releasing is beats that he made in in Fruity Loops 10 years ago. (laughs) Okay. Like like a lot of Nas's album and all these albums, Big Sean's album, Nas's album, um, was uh, Benny the Butcher's album. Like he's doing whole albums with people with our like 15 song albums, 30 song albums. Like he's all over this. I don't I don't think like all of this shit is fresh. And like in a lot of these interviews that he's he's talking, he's like, oh, yeah, I made that song like five years ago. It was on my hard drive. Somebody came to the studio. I played them this old beat. They liked it. So I gave it to them. And so the reason I call it a mud light is like. I don't feel like most of Hit Boy's contributions here are like records that I'm like, oh my God, this is the best shit on here. Well, that might be fair. Um, my favorite songs well, it's on not here, the best on there, but my, my favorite songs on here are not Hit Boy productions. So 
That's、oh. fair. I did like three of his contributions, though. I liked his.、Yeah. I didn't like his beat for Nas EPMD. I just thought it was. But、okay. I did like Broad. I like Broad Day. I thought that was cool. I liked Appraise,、yeah, and I liked Revolutionary. I、mm-hmm. liked those contributions. And Outro was kind of cool too. Even、mm-hmm. though Outro felt like it would actually be a song, like in the actual score of the movie.、Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his contribution to that as well. So, I,、yeah. so I dug it. Yeah, I I like Hit Boy and and I mean he's he's from he's from the IE he's from where I'm from so I, I、yeah. I'm a, I'm a rep I'm a rep Hit Boy forever but at the same time like I also don't necessarily know that I feel like everything in this moment and maybe I shouldn't couch this moment in this soundtrack but like I don't feel like everything that we're getting from him feels fresh I feel like some of it feels stale.、Okay. All right, so what are your, some of your track for track highlights then? So I, I think my my highlight of highlights might be her her,、um, yeah. and I feel、Hard、like I've、you. I've been like big up in her extra,、uh, especially when people talk to me. They're like, "Who do you like right now?" I feel like her might be the most potent artist that's getting like a pop platform right now.、Mm-hmm. Like like every her song that I hear. That I like, like I'm like, like this is really, really good quality music, and、yeah. I wanna, I wanna double click and 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 double down on that point because we're at a point where people are putting out a whole lot of music and a whole lot of content because they have to,、uh, or they feel like they have to. Like that's what media is is telling us to do, and in an era where where that's what people are doing, her is covering up her face with sunglasses. And just giving us hot shit, and I feel、yeah. like there's not that many artists that are doing that, and I just wanna, I just wanna highlight her for that. Okay. So when I first listened to the soundtrack,、mm-hmm. there were two songs from the soundtrack that I shared with people. We'll talk about、mm-hmm. the second one later, but the first one was "Fight for You" from、yes. her. Yeah. Right. And I think that I, I'm so glad that this is like the first real song that we hear、yes. on the soundtrack. In fact, I think that we always talk about runs.、Mm-hmm. I think tracks. You know, one through nine is a good run. Okay, going from her、yeah. to BJ the Chicago Kid. Yeah, you know, "Letter to、out. You." I think that's a good song from、Agreed. BJ the Chicago Kid. Agree. I like the song. Pretty much everything that came before that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't love EPMD from Nas, but it's fine. And I、yes. think that when you follow that up from Black Thoughts, "Welcome to America," Black、yep. Thought giving you bars. Yeah, you know, on this kind of subject matter, it's good.、Mm-hmm. The Nipsey Hustle and Jay Z. It's not amazing. I like this song, but it's but but it's good though. It's、mm-hmm. not amazing. It's not like, you know, if it were amazing, we'd be talking about that first instead of the her song. That's true, right? Exactly. So it's good. It's not amazing.、Um, I like to plead the forty fifth by、uh, Smino and your boy Saba. I know yeah, you like Saba. Yeah, and I like、right? Smino. Yo, those are those are、right. Chicago guys. So,、yeah. and then something they write with May Sh- May May Sego on the hook with、mm-hmm. JID and Rhapsody. That's、mm-hmm. another good song. Like、yep. I think that's a very very strong run. You're track. right. Track one through nine. You're right, right. And and the, let's and let's let 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 me you know go back on my previous point. Hit boy as a as a vocalist on Broad Day. He's he's dope. Yeah, that's yeah. a good song. So then we get into the artists that I'm less familiar with, and I'm glad that they're here. Although you know, I said that my highlight, my overarching highlight, was that Kendrick Lamar wasn't here. So that、mm-hmm. it gave other artists an opportunity,、mm-hmm. but then you have some artists who don't really do anything with the platform that they're given. They don't、okay. really contribute anything to any of the themes in this movie. Okay, so who you um,、got? and so who, call them out, man. Fuck it. Like 
on your mind, little dirt. Yeah, that's not good. I, I'm not sure if that has anything to do here. I know that I like agree. all black and revolutionary from G Herbo mm. from the titles, they seem like they have something <laughs> to do with it. But when you actually listen to it, you're like, all right, this is kind of unnecessary. Right. Um, but then yo, here's an interesting one, right? Okay. You have a praise, which again, produced by Hip Boy. Mm-hmm. And you got White Dave on here. Mm-hmm. Do you know who White Dave is? I didn't until now. I looked it up and I'm like, shit, that's Ryan Coogler's brother. Yes. I had yes, no idea. It's Ryan Coogler's brother. I think is a, I forget, what it is, something Coogler. Noah, Noah Coogler. Noah Coogler. Yep. And he's got a name like White Dave. You think it's going to be some yeah, white Yeah, I thought boy. it was going to be a white dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so... Yeah, like, it's, but he, it's, but he's actually pretty good. Like, like I don't, yeah, I actually thought he was fine because I remember hearing it, and you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm less aloof uh, than you, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't claim to like know all of these people. So when I hear a voice yeah. that I don't recognize, I like go, go, and you know, go check it out. So I'm like, I'm probably taking a shower. I'm getting ready something, and I hear a voice that I don't recognize, and I recognize every other voice on this except for Safe. Every other yeah. voice on this on this soundtrack, I know. Yeah. So when I when I hear White Dave, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like I n- I never heard this voice before. Right. And I and I and I go and I look and I see White Dave and I'm like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, this is a Black Panther movie. It's interesting yeah. that they would put a white artist on here. I assumed right, he exactly. was white. Exactly. So that's that's hilarious, man. Yeah. <laughs> so then you also have like. You know, no profanity from Pooh Shiesty yeah. and Last Man Standing from Polo G and your boy Dom Kennedy, Respect My mm, Mind, yeah. not really doing much. Um, I didn't, I you didn't mentioned hate this, that song. I thought it was fine. I didn't hate it either, but yeah. it was fine. You mentioned Safe, Contagious. That song has no business being on the album yeah, at all. Kiana um, Le, uh, Le, Le Day, I think is, is, is how you say it. She's she's like really popping right now. She's a, she's a big artist. So I think they just took that opportunity to get her on the shit. Right, but that's just not a good song. In fact, that's probably my lowest of the low lights. Was that <laughs> it's, it's, it wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, ASAP Rocky, you know, this was I not a kinda, relevant song. I liked the yeah, song, but it was not. I relevant liked the song, but it wasn't relevant. Yes, I agree. Um, and so the, yo, I will say though, my low my low light of low lights was not contagious. It was actually Black Messiah, and this rock, might rock be him, yeah. This is this might be the too. first Rock Him song I heard that was not good. I agree with you. I was like, yeah. wow, this is not good. Yeah, and you know, when we actually I mean, we're kind of talking about low lights right now, but yeah. yeah. I, I still have one more highlight to mention. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Um but no, no, no. We'll look. Let's fuck it. I mean, we, we're kind of talking about the low lights, so whatever. But yeah, Rock Kemp's performance on Black Messiah, just kind of giving like a rundown of who, you know, Fred Hampton was. Like, I yeah. get it, but like the content was not a good song. The content was good, but musically, this is trash. Like it's really yeah. not good. Yeah, and it's like we don't need this. Yeah, and you, you could tell I mean? they like, knew they didn't need it because they just made it a bonus, it's a bonus track. Um, yeah. and I mean, when you have a rock him performance and you make it a bonus track, that tells me you know it's trash. Yeah. So that was that was bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now my highlight of highlights. Okay. Right. This song. I think it's fucking incredible. This shit, teach me by Sir. Oh yeah, oh, you know I love you. I did, love you weren't feeling sir. this joint. No, Sir is my guy. You know that. But were you feeling this track? Yeah, this was fine. Let me tell you, this joint. I moved this track straight from this playlist, straight from <laughs> straight from this soundtrack into my like, yo, we cooling down, baby. Uh-huh. Like my slow mood. I'm getting into the groove playlist. <laughs> 
what I'm listening to with right. my with, with my lady, right? Okay. Like I'm trying to yo this this song is incredible. I'm not sure if it goes with the thematics of the album, maybe with the intimate moments mm. from Deborah Johnson and Fred Hampton. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But like, yo, this song is so dope. Like this this yeah. is my favorite track on the album for sure. Bro, and so, followed by Fight for You from her, because that's my number two. The the shit What's that up? I said about her, I want you to copy and paste that on Sir. On like, Sir. Sir yeah. is the one of the most potent artists of this time frame. Every time I see his name, I want to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely my highlight of highlights on here. Teach me is the song. It's just fire. And fight for you as well. I will. They yeah. go on my like my main like when I have guests over and I'm putting on a playlist and I'm trying to impress them. Like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Both of those songs are going on that playlist. My good, good playlist, as I call yeah, it. I right. Um. Yeah. So you know. Mm-hmm. The only other low light I would say is the fact that I think D Smoke should have been on here. You know, I agree. You're not gonna have Kendrick had D Smoke. I agree. You know. Yeah. So I want to I want to add some highlights here. Um, I think Black Thought's performance on oh. on Welcome to America was fire. Yes, um, absolutely. I will say this though, I think at some point we have to have the conversation about the fact that you can have conversations about impactful hip-hop and not mention black thoughts catalog yeah at some point we have to talk about the fact that he he's one of the best rappers like he's like one of the best at rapping but in terms of the content of his catalog he makes songs that are largely that largely don't do anything for hip-hop just in general the canon of hip-hop yeah while still being dope yeah, we, we we talked about this on one of our early um uh what was it? Salute me or shoot me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we talked about that. But this Black is Thought. yet another performance where Black Thought is rapping his ass off. I like this song, but I promise you I'm not gonna put this song on any on any on any of my playlists. And I promise you that I will probably never listen to this song again after twenty twenty one. All right, that's a little harsh. I will revisit this song, but not as not as regularly as I will fight for you and teach. Why me. those songs are good? Give me an example when you're going to revisit this. Other than you're watching the movie and it's it's in the movie. Well, I don't think it is in the movie, but I I like this song. I enjoy this song. I, I think it is. I think it. it is in the movie. If it's not, is it's it? in the trailer. Welcome to America. I think it's in the movie. You might be right. I'll revisit yeah. it because I like this verse. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. it's fire, but I, I, you know th- there's a lot of fire black thought verses that. Yeah. At some point, and and you know, I guess this is a criticism of somebody who I think is, a, is an amazing artist who has a, a differentiated skill set. But at some point, just saying hot shit is it, it, it like we need to get to the next step to like how do I create like music that in five and ten and twenty years people are gonna go back and be like, wow, this was a great piece of music. Yeah. I don't know yeah, that Black they, Thought has any, if, if 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 not not much of that. Like like the Roots has some, but not as much as they should. Which is I, yeah, why yeah, yeah. for folks who have not listened to that "Salute Me or Shoot Me," we did this back in like 2017, I think. Yeah. And what I said then, which is what I'll say now, is that the Roots are the biggest underperformers in hip hop history, I think and I mean that, yeah. that with all sincerity, and has not changed. Yeah. Because my thought is that between Quest Love and Black Thought, mm. two of the most talented yes. 
artists than yes. hip hop has ever produced. Yep. The music that they have made Mm-hmm. in accordance with their talent is largely underwhelming. And it's not that they haven't made good music. They have. Mm-hmm. But they have not made the lasting music, in my opinion, yeah. that some of their contemporaries who aren't even as popular, who, who are not even as talented as they are, I agree. Have, have contributed. And so that's my criticism. That yeah. is why he is, is, a, is a first tier, first tier lyrical talent and not mm-hmm. an elite tier mu- lyrical talent. Mm. Right, so yeah. that's and I mean, kind of you separates know, that. I feel like I I disputed that maybe on that episode, but no, like, you didn't. You know, you oh, agreed. Okay, okay. you yeah, you, like, you saluted me. Yeah, okay. Saluted yeah, like before. I feel like yeah. like Black Thought. Like you know, I this is another example of like, bro. Like I honestly, I will go back and listen to what it feels like before I listen to this song, and the rapping of is course. probably better on Black Thought than Black Thought's record than it is on on what it feels like. Yeah. What it feels like is a better song. Yes. What it feels like is a highlight for me. Um, this is an old Nipsey, you know, record. It was made eight years ago. They kind of took off. Uh, it was a Tito Lopez song. They took off Tito Lopez's verses and put put Jay Jay Z on in in place of him. Okay. Um, I love what you know, fifteen hundred or nothing, and Mars and Rants and Mike and Keys and all these people that are Nipsey's kind of team did in terms of all the musical layers that they added on top of this shit um i like jay-z's you know add to it um you know if you ask zawadi uh you know jay's taking taking swipes at at drake i don't know i'm not not gonna lend anything to that but i I really really like this record i liked it as well um it wasn't fire Mm, like for example um you know, in the, in the hip hop chat that we're both in on mm-hmm. WhatsApp, mm-hmm. people were like, "Oh, I'm gonna skip straight to this track," and it's just like, I actually went to this track last because mm. I thought it was gonna be the best one, and yeah. I was like, "Oh no, it's not the best one." Mm. This fight for you and teach me are the best songs. Yeah, and then what it feels like is yeah. good, but it's not amazing. Yeah, but it was good. It's definitely good. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't need to go track for track. I'm gonna say your run is 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 a solid run for me. I'll yeah. I'll just give a, a a couple of little you know sprinkles. Hit Boy as a vocal performer, I think he's an underrated vocal performer. If y'all haven't heard, um, there's a group called Half a Mill. It's Hit Boy and Dom Kennedy. They have two albums out together uh, of of them together as vocalists. Hit Boy is an underrated rapper. He can rap, um, and and here he he performs well. Um, I think Smino is really underrated in our generation. I think the generation below us, the younger people, know that he can go, but our generation doesn't. I think Smino is is really interesting. He's dope on this shit. Yeah, like he cadence wise, I think he has the most interesting cadences maybe of any rapper right now. And the shit okay. he's doing with his voice, he's dope on this shit. Yeah, like like he doesn't always say hot shit, but the way he says shit is always hot. So yeah. I always, when I see Smino's name, I'm like, he's going to do some creative shit with his cadences. And I just want to see what he's going to do. And Saba can just fucking rap. Like, so yeah, yeah, Chicago, Chicago cats. J.I.D. to me is one of the top lyricists in the game today. To me, mm-hmm. he's one of the best lyricists of this generation. Uh, so I always, I always go to some shit that he's on and you know, I love Macheco, So so there's yeah. Everybody loves Michigan. And then and then BJ the Chicago kid. I've been singing his praises on this podcast for fucking four years. So it's y'all great. know I I, I love great. that and was ready for that. 
Um, and then, like you said, like then you know, then I get to Little Dirk, and I'm just like, eh. Yeah. And then there's you know, there's there's performances here and there. I actually didn't think the Dom Kennedy performance was was bad. I I, I don't know you you didn't like it, but I liked it. I just didn't think it was necessarily relevant to uh, okay the album. Fair, but th- that being said, though, uh-huh. you know, some of the other ones that I liked probably weren't relevant either. Yeah, you know, I think I'm not sure if. If Letter to You is relevant to the album, I just like the song. I think you know? knowing Dom Kennedy and as a Dom Kennedy fan, this is literally the most revolutionary you're ever going to get Dom Kennedy. <laughs> Sorry, Dom Kennedy. I don't mean to put you in a box, but like he's just not that's just not his bag. So like I feel like like his this for him was the most like, you know, Black Panther you're going to get. So gotcha. I, I liked it. Um, Sir, of course, amazing. Um, and then, like I said, the ASAP Rocky song was fine. It just yeah. didn't have shit to do with what we were talking about. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, either way, um, it's good for us to talk about projects like this, you know, where we can talk about the black movie and the black soundtrack. Yes. Um, it's good. And I think the and we last need more time of them. we were really, we do need more of them. The last time we were really able to do this, when I mean, we talked about. Um, what was the MCU joint on Netflix? Uh, the the bulletproof dude, uh, fucking uh, Luke Cage. Oh we yeah, about yeah, Luke yeah, Cage. yeah, true, true, true. We talked a lot about Luke Cage, but I mean, like you know, I'm curious what the reception of this movie would have been like had it actually hit theaters. This is a movie yeah. I would have gone to in the theaters. Me too. But I will say though that like, you know, before the pandemic, it's crazy that like. You know, movies that were made for TV are generally not good, especially when they go to Netflix. They're decent mm-hmm. when they go to HBO. They're decent, mm-hmm. but they're not, like, amazing. But they're fine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, Netflix does such a good job with original TV content. Mm-hmm. They do a horrible job with original films. Most of the original films are not good. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime does That's a little true. bit better, right? Yeah. And I feel like as the pandemic hit, you know, we're getting these movies and some of them are even worse than what we would have gotten as straight for TV movies or straight for streaming TV <laughs> streaming before the pandemic. Facts. Right? Like I feel like the best movie I've seen is probably like King of Staten Island with fucking Pete Davidson and Bill Burr. That's a good movie. That. It is a good movie. Oh, I, oh, I liked it. it. I haven't seen it. I care a lot with uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, that was good. And, and I was I thought it was very entertaining. There's some plot holes that don't really yes. make sense. Facts. But that's fine. But it was very Nine entertaining, days. right? Yeah. And then, like, there's this movie, which is good, but it's kind of just like, man, like, I've just been kind of wanting more from movies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the movies that I've seen have just been kind of disappointing. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I don't know. Maybe if this movie did hit theaters, it'd be better, but probably not. I don't know. Probably not. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, anyway, it's so good here's, for us to have these conversations. Go ahead. So, so, here's a question. What movies, you know, in this vein do you do you want to see like are you anticipating any specific stories being told in this kind of cinematic way in in terms of this subject matter yeah i mean i was looking forward to this (laughs) well other than this uh what else is coming out i mean they've got the uh they've got the the remake of um fucking uh candy man's coming out at some point um that's been shelved i mean who knows who knows? I, I don't really know what's what's coming out, so I'm not really sure what to look forward to. Yeah, you know, I, I'd be interested to see the um, 
the Bobby Seal and you know the, like some of the other uh, Black Panthers. Are they doing that? Are they doing that stuff? I no, no. It. I'm not saying that 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 it's it's in production. I'm just saying that it would be I would be interested to see if they wanted to kind of try to take take a lens on. on it's a really that. difficult subject matter matter to tackle, that's and true. I think that that's one thing I've probably been a little too critical of, and in terms of like with a movie like this, you know, I like the art. But other people are like, no, you got to get the historical fact right. Right. But it's just like, look, if you do that and people don't care about the movie, what's yeah. the point? Yep. I agree. You know what I mean? I think there's a balance and it's not binary. It's not either or. There is a balance that needs to, to be had. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I think that they tried to strike the balance here. They just, they failed. You know, I think a more seasoned writer, seasoned director get this correct. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so fair. So, uh, last question before we, you know, kind of take off. What were your thoughts on Lakeith Stanfield's uh, performance here? So, Lakeith Stanfield is kind of an interesting guy because I like him, but I'm also becoming increasingly more unimpressed by him the more I see him. Um, <laughs> like, I love Lakeith Stanfield in Atlanta. As Darius, yes, I mean, he's I fucking awesome. I agree. And he's been good in other things before he became like a big name. But like mm. you see him in the photograph, and again, it's just like that's just an uninspired movie. Yeah, he I was think good in, in Get is, Out as well. I mean, it was a, he it was, was going to get out for this brief small, little cameo, yeah, right? Um, he's been in, in a number of things. I actually did. I think he was good in the um, the fucking um, the the one where they turned into horses at the end. What the fuck was that shit called? Um, uh, I'm sorry to bother you. I did think he was gonna. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you. Right, that was a fucking weird bugged out movie. Mm-hmm. But like generally speaking, though, I'm starting to just become like less and less impressed with him. But okay. I'm not sure if it's him or if it's the directors. Oh, you was in that moan room. He was in the what? <laughs> I said, oh, you was in that moan room. Oh, the moan room. <laughs> uh, I heard about that. I heard about that. <laughs> anyway yeah so you know i think that his his issue here i think again i think i'm just gonna i'm gonna place the the, the criticism on the on the director yeah and not so much like keith okay so i'm with Fair. i'm still you know curious about some things that he can do because like i said you know like fucking photograph that shit was not a good movie at yeah. all nah, at all and that, that was that was the was, romantic comedy joint that he did it wasn't wrong. It wasn't a comedy. It was a romantic joint. It was not uh, good. It was a uh, good it was premise. Issa, Issa Rae was it? She was in there. Yeah, she didn't direct it though. I don't know okay. who directed it. Um, gotcha. They got it. they've got some more work to do. Mm. You know, I hope that they can look at that film and see the and take lessons from it. Mm. But uh, yeah, so it kind of fell short there. But, well, I just wanted to get your your, your take on that because um, you know I didn't really have thoughts on Lakeith's performance, but I think I'm I'm similar to you kind of just like all right bro where do we go from here because um i feel like he similar to daniel kaluuya they're both kind of having their moment in the sun right now so um you know i don't think i took a i don't think i took anything negative away from daniel kaluuya's performance but i don't think i took anything at all away from from lakeith's performance and as the star of the of the of the movie I, i i don't know that i liked that he was he was decent in miles ahead which was the Miles Davis kind of like biopic, which wasn't even a biopic. Okay. Um, what else was he in? Did I see Crown Heights? I'm not sure if I saw Crown Heights. I definitely didn't watch War Machine. Um, sorry to bother you. Yeah, I thought he was good in that. Atlanta, I think he's great in Atlanta. Yep. I did not watch The Girl in the Spider's Web. Uh, 
Oh, Uncut Gems. He's fine in Uncut Gems, but yeah. I actually didn't like that movie, so it was whatever. Yeah. Knives Out. He had a very small role in Knives Out. Photograph wasn't very good. So we'll see. I mean, I'm rooting for him, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Cool. All right. So I think that should wrap it up for our coverage, if you will, on uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, both the movie and the inspired album. Yeah. Uh, let's keep keep making these movies, I I, I think, um, but try to give us something unique uh, to, to, to learn something new about the person that it's about. That's my, my general overarching take. Yeah. And I'm just saying... It's good that for us to take this subject matter seriously, but also, you know, let's 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 get some better writers and some better directors. Oh. Yeah. Alright, yo. Peace. Peace. Yeah.